0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're continuing our study of the cosmic signs in the Olivet Discourse. What do we mean by that? Well, let's go right to what Jesus prophesied in Luke chapter 21, verse 25 and following. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and upon the earth, distress of nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. The question we are trying to answer in this series of broadcast on the cosmic signs in Jesus's Olivet Discourse, his last teaching discourse regarding the end times, are Jesus's words a pious metaphor, so to speak, simply about a kingdom's collapse, or are his words describing some type of stark reality? And as you know, I'm adopting the position that there's a stark reality being described by Jesus here. You need to know that what I am advocating is a minority position far as I know, the vast amount of interpreters, including Catholic interpreters, will tell you, though, no, this is metaphorical. This is a simply a um, very vivid description of a kingdom's collapse, and we all agree, both my minority position and those who say this is a basically pious metaphor, all agree that Jesus is using words from the Old Testament prophets, especially Isaiah. Again, need to ask the question, could Isaiah be describing something of stark reality rather than simply metaphor? So, what I would like us to do today is visit Isaiah again, and again, listening carefully to Jesus' words in Luke 21 which, by the way, are also repeated, not exactly, but repeated in Matthew 24 and Mark 13. But I would like us to listen carefully to Isaiah 13, which we touched on last time, and Isaiah 24, and I'd like you, if you would, to focus on two things. One is fear. Again, Jesus said in Luke 21, men, fainting with fear and foreboding. And as I mentioned to you, the Greek is literally passing out, fainting, such stark terror. And I want you to look at this fear because metaphors of a kingdom's collapse, yes, it's very uh, earth-shaking you might be, but I think what's being described, the type of fear here, goes beyond simply being shaken at your nations or your kingdom's collapse. And then the second thing I want you to observe is that these prophecies, both from Jesus and Isaiah, apply to the entire earth. They're not describing something that happens to one particular nation or one particular kingdom, but The whole globe. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 13, starting with verse 6, and I want you to focus on first the terror that Jesus described in Luke 21 that's repeated right here in Isaiah 13. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near, as destruction from the Almighty it will come. Therefore, all hands will be feeble, and every man's heart will melt, and they will be dismayed. Pangs and agony will seize them. They will be in anguish like a woman in travail. They will look aghast at one another. Their faces will be aflame. This is stark terror. This is the terror that Jesus is also describing in Luke 21. Now, in Isaiah 13, we're going to go to verse 11, and notice he describes this is going to affect the entire earth not the collapse of a particular kingdom. Here we go. Isaiah 13:11. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end to the pride of the arrogant and lay low the haughtiness of the ruthless. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will be shaken out of its place at the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. And again, I could be wrong. I'm a minority position, but I believe that what Jesus was describing in Luke 21, what Isaiah was prophesying in chapter 13, that the earth will literally be shaken out of its place. Now, if that doesn't happen so much the better. I am not, uh, although I'm advocating this position, I'm not looking forward to that happening. Of course not, but I don't want people to be shaken because we're to actually lift up our heads and be looking for the coming of Christ with a faithful expectation rather than the people who think, uh, woe is me. Now, let's look at Isaiah 24, And this time, let's look for that second thing, not the terror, but let's look for the entire earth being affected. And Isaiah chapter 24 is one of those important chapters that has this prophetic language that Jesus is using in Luke 21. So let's go. Isaiah 24, verse 1, Behold, the Lord will lay waste the earth, first time, make it desolate, So we're talking about the whole globe here, and he will twist its surface. That's what we call an earthquake, exactly what was prophesied in Isaiah 13. Let's go to verse three. The earth will be utterly laid waste and utterly despoiled, for the Lord has spoken his word. That's the second time the word the earth shall be laid waste. Not just a land, not just a nation, the whole globe. Isaiah 24, 4, next verse, the earth mourns and withers, the world languishes and withers, the heavens languish together with the earth. Three times in one verse talking about the whole globe. Let's go to the next verse, verse 5. The earth lies polluted under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the laws. Then Isaiah chapter 24 and verses 17 and 18, terror in the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitants of the earth, not of a particular nation, not of an individual land, the whole globe. Verse 18, He who flees at the sound of the terror shall fall into the pit, and he who climbs out of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows of heaven are opened, and the foundations of the earth tremble. Verse 19, next verse, the earth is utterly broken, the earth is rent asunder. The earth is violently shaken, three times in verse 19 of Isaiah 24. And finally, verse 20, the earth staggers like a drunken man. It sways like a hut. Its transgressions lie heavily upon it. You know, this sounds awfully simple, but sometimes the simple things cut through the confusing complications that scholars like to put our way, saying this is just metaphorical literary uh, device and blah, 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 blah. Listen to this. Listen. Repeated, repeated, repeated. It's the earth. It's the earth, and it's the heavens are going to be opened, and they're shaking. There's cosmic disturbances. The earth utterly broken. This isn't some little Far away, uh, intangible type thing being described here. I just think we need to have just ears to simply be able to hear what the scriptures say and not necessarily what somebody who has a hard time believing that God could do something that mankind can't with its own technology. I think our rationalism has affected our ability simply to hear. Let me give you what I consider. The best and probably the most succinct Catholic commentary on these verses, it comes from the Navarre Bible, the Navarre, it's a Catholic study Bible from Isaiah 24. I'm gonna quote to you a couple of sentences that I think perfectly summarize what's going on in Isaiah 24. It speaks of the entire population of the world being destroyed, of the effects of this on all living things, and of the ultimate destruction of the earth and all that it contains. The oracle speaks of a cosmic catastrophe affecting the entire earth, even the heavens, all because men have transgressed the laws and broken the everlasting covenant. You want a New Testament version of this same type of thing, this earth-shaking Uh, terror. Revelation 16, we find the seventh angel pours his bowl into the air. There were flashes of lightning, voices, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake, just like Isaiah talked about, a great earthquake such as never been. Since men were on earth, so great was that earthquake." Now I'm going to cheat again and obviously <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it but I'm cheating because I said I'd never talk about private revelations but I wasn't aware of this private revelation until a very newly released biography of Sister Lucia came out. I have been studying Jesus's words in Luke 21, Mark 13 and Matthew 24, comparing them and reading what St. John said in Revelation 16, Revelation chapter 6 and then Isaiah 13, Isaiah 24, and allowing the reality of these verses to come through to my mind, could these actually be something real, not just metaphorical? And then, gaboom! it's just within the last year, we have this newly published biography of a vision uh, that Sister Lucia had, a mystical experience, on January 23rd in 1944. And this is what she said. And listen to what she says, and remember what Jesus said, what Isaiah said, what St. John said. I saw and heard the point of the flame-like lance which detaches, touches the axis of the earth, and it, that is the earth, shakes. Mountains, cities, towns, and villages with their inhabitants are buried, The sea, rivers, and clouds leave their bounds. They overflow, flood, and drag with them into a whirlpool. Houses and people in a number unable to be counted. It is the purification of the world from the sin it is immersed in. So what am I trying to say, this minority position that I'm advocating? It's simply this. Jesus, Isaiah, St. John in Revelation, and Sister Lucia all said what they meant and meant what they said, and that's what I'm attempting to say. So what should be our outlook? It's not the stark, raving terror that's described in Luke, Isaiah, Revelation, no, Jesus said, now when these things begin to take place, look up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 54 of Luke, Luke 21. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.